Life Happens Weekdays 1 to 3 p.m. It's uh, 11 minutes past two on SAFM, uh, 90, sorry, 104 to 107 uh, nationwide. That song came out, I think, in the 1980s, uh, cemented, I think, already was cementing a highly established ca- uh, career uh, by the legend uh, who is part of our big interview today uh, to her family. She's Penelope Jane Dunlop, Jane Dunlop. To us, she's Tandega or PJ Powers. She's an award-winning musician, uh, 12 gold discs she's had for platinum, uh, uh, gold uh, CD uh, in the 1980s. She started her uh, professional singing career as lead singer for a band called Hotline and uh, then went on to uh, record some solo stuff and flourished in the 90s and 2000s. Uh, hits uh, after hit, hit after hit came out. Uh, there's a song, there's an answer, uh, there's another one, Feel So Strong, and the one that I just played now, Jabulani, You're So Good to Me, and World in Union, which uh, had become an iconic Rugby World Cup song. Her most recent hits include chart-topping singles such as Destiny, Stay, and a rework of There's an Answer, which was a collaboration uh, with Sfisong Mwane. Uh, PJ has also teamed up uh, to sing a hip-hop version of Jabulani with uh, the late Double HP in the year 2010. In uh, 2017, uh, she produced, re-recorded, and re-released Home to Africa. Listen, your uh, your career is incredible. I mean... <laughs> It's like achievement after achievement after achievement after achievement. Hi, PJ. Hi, KG. I didn't achieve, however, to get the time right. Oh, so I'm on air with you. I was I was raising to the don't don't to the worry studio to be there at three o'clock. I'm so so sorry. No, no, no. Don't worry about that. Uh, you had your phone open, thank God, because some people just so completely forget they even com- uh, uh, forget no, to I open their phone. I just walked out of a meeting and I just. Listen, our lives tend to sometimes make sense to all of us when we look back in hindsight. Where did you grow up and what in you led you here as a young child? Were there any signs when you were growing up uh, that showed that you're going to be this big international singer? You know, yes. I have to say that, and it wasn't about the fact that I haven't had a, um, a, a, a huge, huge amount of talent. It was about the fact that I believed mm. and wanted. Mm. I think that I am really, um, I, I, I am the epitome of manifestation. If you believe it, you can become it. Because mm-hmm. I don't remember ever, ever wanting to be or do anything else. I have always wanted to be a singer. When I was a five-year-old child, I used to follow my older sister. Who is six? Who um, six years older than me? I used to follow her around with a microphone and um, asking her to please interview me because in my head <laughs> I was a famous international singer. Um, so I think it must have irritated her so much. Wow! It must have irritated her so much that I, I you know, I, as I say, I was following her around. So I think that I was lucky in that there was never anything else that I wanted to be. I wasn't somebody who, um, you know, got to matric and didn't know what to do. Sometimes I look at young people today and I see I see the dilemma that people are in as to what they want to do. Or be. I never had any of that. Wow. So I would have to say yes to that question. But as I say, not because of talent, but because of 
because I just became what I thought I already was, which was a, an internationally famous singer when I was five. Wow. So <laughs> the environment where you grow up, is it enabling uh, your parents also saying, go for it if that's what you want? Which, no, no, which town no, were you growing all. up in? I grew up in Natal. I grew up in Durban. Uh-huh. And my parents were horrified. My parents <laughs> got a court order to get me to come home. And basically what happened was I did my trip. I passed it, I scraped through, yeah. and I didn't go to university, I didn't do any of those, those sorts of things. I decided I wanted, I, know, I was going to live my dream, and um, my parents were having none of it. <laughs> so um, my father made me go and work in the bank. That lasted for a month until the bank manager phoned him and said, she doesn't belong here. There's something strange with your 17-year-old. So... Um, so basically what happened was I entered a talent competition yeah. and with a with an all girl band called Panther uh-huh. and we won. You won. And we and the prize was to come back to Josie mm-hmm. and work in clubs. And um we thought we were so good, we weren't, we were absolutely dreadful. Uh-huh. And we got fired from a lot of different places. Uh-huh. But then I was spotted by um a certain talent scout who um went on to to groom me and put me with a band, which Jim Kaputier came hotline, which then um, came what was the turning point in my career. And this was probably one of the best days of my life, was 31st of May, 1983, which was the day I was given the name Kandega. Yeah. And that was, it was, if you think about the country in 1983, mm. um, you know, it was it was war between the blacks and the whites. That's just how it was. Mm. And but for some unknown reason, there were two DJs: Kansas City, yes, and Vivio, yes, Kansas City on Okozi FM. Okozi FM, yes. yes. It was then called Radio Zulu because yes. it was state run, and, and he decided he was going to play mm. this simple rock song that I'd written called uh, called um, "You're So Good to Me." Let, let's talk so about long. Let's it was talk long before Jabalani. So let's talk about having conversations with the band Hotline because it's incredible that you broke in, but you break in at a very, very almost iffy time in in, in the story of South Africa. You just referenced it yourself, 1983, uh, when you were given the name uh, Tandiga. We were in the throes of apartheid. Now, how easy is it for you and Hotline to decide on a sound? Because a lot of artists at that time were deciding, do we make music that appeals to white people? Do we make music that appeals to black people? Because the thing about Hotline uh, uh, with yourself and Tandega, you had a crossover appeal at a time when not many bands in South Africa had crossover appeal. Well, none. We were the first, you know, there was Johnny Head, but we were the first band. And we didn't make that decision. And I think that's the reason for the longevity of my career and the success is that it was completely authentic. It wasn't a conscious decision. Mm. Right, we're going to go out there, we're going to market ourselves towards the larger population of the country. It wasn't that decision. If you listen to you, so good to me, or if you play it, mm. it, was a, it was absolutely a, a, a Europe, Eurocentric rock, rock song. Um, but I don't know whether it was my voice or quite frankly, I can't answer that. But I just know that it was a gift. It was a gift that Vivio and Kansas gave me, mm. that they played this song. And I was invited to perform in Soweto. Yeah. And, um, and the song I, became my, a hit. 
huge hit. It was an enormous hit. It was on the Radio Zulu charts, what was then Radio Zulu, which is Akwazi. I mean, Akwazi FM was responsible for breaking my career. Mm. And it was, on the, it was on the charts for something like 37 weeks. Mm. Um, it, was, it was quick. I was only 18. Um, it was quick and it was... And for the first time in my life, I must be honest, I experienced unconditional love. Wow. Um, I was a very fat unattractive teenager and that didn't matter mm. and that's what I still to this day I have got to say that um, the black people of South Africa gave me that first taste of unconditional love wow. and gave me that first taste of, of not being judged wow. which was if you think about 1983 in South Africa it's not like I'm telling the biggest lie on the planet yeah. but that is what happened but what does your family say because uh, not only uh, is your music um, uh, highly appealing to a largely black market uh, but you're gigging uh, at, at places where there's a lot of black people uh, it's a shift almost uh, and a lot of families were not even allowing their, their kids to be able to do that what do they say to you and be, before you even answer, think about it. Let me quickly go to break and then you ca- you give me the answer when we come back. Hashtag SAFM Life Happens. Welcome back to Life Happens. Uh, we're having uh, an amazing conversation up to now in our big interview uh, with PJ Powers, uh, the legendary PJ Powers or Tandega uh, to most of us. And we're at the point in her career where she's got big breakout hits that are being played by the then Radio Zulu. Uh, she references that radio station as actually giving her uh, the the big uh, break that uh, she needed at the time as a musician uh, and staying on the charts with uh, uh, songs for around 39 weeks. And interestingly enough, uh, PJ, you referenced that there was a point where your family even wanted to get a court order to get you back home. Your father uh, wanted you to get into mm. bed banking you didn't crack it in banking a month later uh you know the manager of the bank phoned your father and said actually yes. no uh thank you very much it's not working out but um are they proud at this point when you are now national property um yes my i mean unfortunately both my parents have passed my mom i lost my mom at 94 wow. um years ago my father died young mm. um, I do remember him though uh, you know just before he died um, he had cancer and I remember the Salvation Army was playing Jabulani outside down in the car park and he and they, they were playing something maudlin you know as they do sometimes and he said go down there and tell them to play something happy like Jabulani <laughs> that was later in my career but um, my father was never opposed to, to to what the direction that my father, that my career had taken, yeah. he was just opposed to me going into music. Yeah. Um, so when I, um, when when uh, you know after 1983, when I started doing the Lion Lager Road Show and basically performing in what was then the most violent time mm. in uh, in our in our in our in our history, um, you know, 87 to 90. If you're, I mean, it was there was all the IFP stuff. It wasn't just the apartheid stuff. There was a lot. The country was ravaged yeah. by by differences and 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 just war, basically it was a different kind of war. Um, you know, I, I they were very proud of of of, of the direction that I had taken. Yeah. Um, 
but, or that was taken from me. But you, you at some point were growing even bigger than the band, um, you know, because yes, yes. Um, and 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 to some extent, I assume that could be a challenge for a band because um, you know here you are, uh, you are the front line of the band, but it is a band, and uh, you we're reaching a point where uh, the South African population is even renaming you. You are the center. Uh, it's no longer just the band. Did that influence your decision to, at some point, you know, head yourself towards a solo career? Most definitely. Um, I, 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 you know, bands have have lifespans. Mm. Um, you know, people look at the Rolling Stones and they think everybody and and and, and Harari had a lifespan. If you look at South African bands, they have a lifespan. Mm. You know, and what had happened was um, the, my manager at the time had been extremely clever in growing my solo career at the same time. It was only the band was only three years old mm. when, in fact. Um, when he started, I started releasing a solo album as well as a band album every year because in those days we used to, you know, we used to we used to release every year. Mm. So I I then started to to um, to uh, record and release every two two albums a year. So I was actually writing two albums a year, yeah. which was good for me yeah. from a creative point of view. It was yeah. fantastic, but um, you know I uh, I um. I, I eventually, the band, after six years, you know, it, it dissolved. I, I never left the band. I was one of the last members to leave. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the guys, you must remember that we were a very young band. I mean, I was 18. Yeah. And I think that the guys were sort of 25, 26, that age. So, one, and you go, you go musically and you go... Sometimes you grow apart. You know, one of the guys has gone to live in America to fill that dream that he had of becoming an American star. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's basically what happened. Mm. But fortunately, um, the foresight was that I had been groomed to be a solo artist. So it just required putting a band around me. And I was, and that's when, actually, that's when I really sort of cracked it for use of a better word, in the, in the African market. Mm. Because prior to that, you know, because of South Africa um, thinking that we're not part of Africa, because that's what the, the last regime instilled in us, mm-hmm. that we were not part of Africa. We mm-hmm. were South Africa. We were not part of Africa. Mm. And, um, and what happened is in the late sort of 87, 88, when I was banned, um, that was because I went to Zimbabwe. That was my first African show, mm. which was without Hotline. Hotline was already disbanded. And I went to perform for children on the front line, for children that had been orphaned due to the border wars, mm. South African border wars. Mm. Um, and then I came home and I'd been banned by the SABC, which uh, wasn't, very, wasn't a lot of fun, um, as you can imagine. Yeah. And that, that was a year, so... It was, it was a year-long banning, and um, as an artist, to try and stay alive with um, with a ban order on you is very. I mean, it's just extremely difficult. It has to be but difficult I, because, uh, but you know, you you survive on the strength of airplay. People remember absolutely. you when when they hear you on the radio. But at that point in your artistry, because you're a songwriter, uh, you know, uh, you're 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 a musician. Uh, you record in the studio. What are you finding yourself loving the most? Is it performing, being PJ Tandega Powers on stage? Is it uh, you know at home in the uh, moments of solitude where you're writing? 
writing music or is it in the moments where you're in the studio producing music even though you're fearful that it might not get airplay? Are you talking about now or then? No, 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 at that time, at that time, as you're you're evolving as an artist. You know, Katie, this is going to sound, I didn't even think about people not playing my music. I was Mm. like, you know, I was one of those, um, I... I I just I loved writing. Mm. Um, I'm, my favorite part of my of of my career then was definitely being on stage. Mm. Um, you know, it's that instant gratification. It's an audience of people that you're making happy, and they're loving you, and there's that instant exchange. Mm. Um, I probably unlike a lot of musicians, my most unfavorite part was being in the studio. I was <laughs> fine with the creative part of the creating of a song, sitting at home and writing a song I loved, mm. then going to the studio and having the repetition and the, and uh, you know, I, I often used to say, I, I'm, I, I, by the time the, 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 the music was on the air, I was bored with it. Wow. Because <laughs> I had heard it so many times, you know. <laughs> Obviously, the first couple of times that I heard myself on air, I went, I went like ballistic. Yeah. And I was so excited. And I still get excited when I, you know, just listen to Jabulani. Wow. wow. Hearing that It's song. a beautiful, it's a timeless song. Pause for me. We're going for headlines, uh, news headlines now with Utsile Saku. Life Happens, weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m. Welcome back. It's uh, 2.31. We're in conversation in our big interview with the legendary PJ Tandega Powers. And uh, we are talking the story of her remarkable, remarkable life. Now, here we are. Uh, now you are a legend. Uh, you have performed with anybody uh, and everybody, including Eric Clapton, Jonah Matrading, Annie Lennox, Peter Gabriel, the late Hugh Masigela, Spongilo Kumalo, the Mahotela Queens, Yosondo, Miriam Makeba, Harry Belafonte. I'm getting exhausted reading the list of all of the great artists that you've performed with. I spoke about hindsight being such a beautiful 2020 earlier on. When you look back at your career now, what kinds of thoughts do you have? PJ? Thought, yeah, I had to think about that. My, mm. But my immediate thought that I have is gratitude. Mm. Um. I am doing so much now, and I've been. You know, this, this is my 40-year celebration mm-hmm. um, of, of professional musicianship, mm-hmm. um, and I, I must be. Pers- Hang on, is it 40? It could even, I don't know whether it's 40 or 50. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's 40 with that, and um, 40 plus that, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm busier mm. right now. Mm. than I was in, in the 90s, um, which is, um, I'm, I'm, I've got a clothing, I mean, a, a, a pajama range coming out. I'm working with very exciting stuff with artists, as in African artists, mm-hmm. uh, 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 painters and, and artists, mm. designing fabrics. You know, I've, I've spread my wings. I'm doing lots of, of, um, of uh, social justice work, upliftment. I, I love that part of my career. I'm the global uh, um, ambassador for the people with albinism, with P- PWA. I am doing a lot of public speaking. I'm about to go on tour. I'm about to go into the studio and record another four, uh, do, do an EP. Mm. Um, but what I look back on is gratitude because wow. I would have none of this 
I'd have none of it without the people of South Africa. I'm very grateful for the fact that I go to Uganda and and I'm, I'm and I do Malawi and I do the whole of East Africa and and you know home to Africa was streamed two million times in East Africa alone. Um, I'm very grateful for all of that, but it's the people of South Africa and. The white people did, I don't want to hate, I hate, hate using these two words, but it is what it is. The white people did, they caught up. They caught up a little bit, a little later, after yeah. 95, yeah. after World Cup rugby, and after independence. And, you know, when, when Madiba, you know, sort of held a lot of white people's hands and realized that they weren't going to be murdered in their homes. <laughs> but... Um, sorry that I'm, but it's just this bizarre time. And, I, 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 I love uh, uh, age and wisdom allows us to fully be ourselves. This is incredible yeah, talking no, no, to you. Listen, I, I want to know whether it still feels as sweet to be recognized because I recognized you at a mall in four ways once and I was too intimidated uh, to come to you and say hello. You were busy going about your life in your uh, nice chucks that I liked a lot. But there, uh, there's a fan, Noah, in Durban who wants to talk to you before you answer that question. Hello, Noah. Welcome to the FM. Thank you, Sandy. Yeah. Hi, Jesse. Hi. Um, Hi, yeah. Yeah. Hi. question for Sandy on uh, apps. Hello? Yes, she can hear you. Ask your question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what uh, what memories can she share with us of her and uh, the late WHP, which are the way they collaborated on that famous song, Jabulani? And uh, my request for her is, can she please dedicate the song for her to, to him in the next album which is going to release in album? Okay. Okay, I hope I heard that, but I think it uh, references the song you did with the late Double HP, um, and yes. and and whether you'd uh, do a, a tribute of sorts in the EP that you're wanting uh, to release now. I would definitely do a, a tribute. Jabba was my friend. Mm. You know, he wasn't just somebody that I collaborated with. With the collaborations that I did, some people, and the collaboration that was one of my most important that isn't on that list, obviously, which was to, with Margaret Singana, mm. who taught me so much as a young girl, mm-hmm. as a singer and with an attitude. She taught me that there is nothing to fear mm. but fear. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember her saying that to me. I would most definitely... Uh, like to do a tribute to Cecil and to Jabba. Mm. But what I say about Jabba is Jabba was special in that he was my friend. Yeah. He was, we were social together. Um, WHP was, um, I understood him. I got him and he got me and understood me. So there's some people you do collaborations with and then that, and then they result in friendships. Mm. And his, his death was something that I found profoundly, profoundly sad. Wow. So is it, does it still feel sweet when you're walking down the street and somebody says, sorry, excuse me, are you PJ Powers? You know, I love every single minute of it because that is why I am where I am. And, you know, artists that say, oh, I'm sick of this, I need my privacy, <laughs> and I'm, I can't bear it, I'm always, you know, I'm authentic and I tell it like it is. The minute one of those artists, if they were to go out, and not be recognized, they would go home and shed tears. 
Yeah. There's a generation of South Africans uh, like you and me who experienced many parts of it um, in its multi-layered journey. There's a generation of South Africans that saw the wrath and the pain that apartheid brought to us. Uh, there's, a oh, gen- yeah. there's a generation of South Africans that saw the danger of tribalism and black-on-black violence when uh, it was happening here. And there's a, a generation of South Africans also who transcended into the democratic space and uh, look at it with wonder. Where is it really taking us? When you reflect on this country, what do you want for it? What do you hope for it? What are your dreams for it, especially considering you saw so much, have gone through so much with it? You know, with the transition, I never thought it would be easy, Mm. but I thought it would be fair. Mm -hmm. And what is going on in our country right now is not fair. I thought uh, my absolute, my, for me, my Achilles heel is injustice. Mm. And that's why I fought um, in the struggle. And that is the reason that I put my neck where, out where a lot of people wouldn't have, was because of the injustice that I was witness to. And I'm injustice, I'm, I'm witness right now to injustice. Mm. And that makes me want to act. And I will act if, I, if I'm called upon. Mm. And what I want to see for South Africa is a South Africa that, that and there's a Facebook group called I'm Staying, which some people laugh at. I go onto that Facebook group and I think, why are people wanting to run this down? It's just a whole lot of really good news stories. We are, at the moment, doing fantastically in the world. We're winning the rugby. We've got Miss Universe. We're winning the netball. We're, we, you know, I mean, if you look at what we've achieved, what us South Africans have achieved in the world today, it's the government is letting us down right now. But also, we cannot always blame anything on everything and everything on the government. What I would like to see and what I would encourage, and I will do it until the day that I get into the coffin, is for South Africans to be involved with South Africa and with the ever-changing, even if it's right through their life, we need to be involved in the change that we want to see. We can't sit behind high walls in suburban, in, in the suburbs and bleat about the change that we want to see and not bother to be a part of it. Mm, that is- and that's my biggest wish yeah. for South Africa, is that we don't look constantly at... At the, at the corruption and the government and the this and the, and the press needs to also acknowledge that they are also responsible for, 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 for skewing a psyche of a nation, you know. And, um, and I just want South Africans to be involved in what they want to see this country become. Yeah. You spoke of your pajama line coming up. Um, um, yeah. Uh, uh, but I, and, 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 the e, and the EP. Um, uh, the one thing I know about the evolution of uh, humanity and, and human life is that uh, when we're not limited to one type of career as people, we can redefine ourselves over and yeah. over. I want to, when we come back from break, and I'm so sorry for the many breaks uh, that we no take, but that. we have to take them. Uh, I want to talk about the kind of things that you dream of for 
for this PJ now, uh, you know, because this uh, PJ that's here has uh, manifested the dreams that little PJ used to have uh, as a five-year-old. So this PJ who's so mature, who's so reflective, who's so grateful, I want to hear the kind of dreams that uh, PJ has uh, for the future, for her music, and for the country that she lives in when we come back. It's 2.41 on SAFM. Hashtag SAFM Life Happens. Welcome back to Life Happens on SAFM 104 to 107. It's 2.42. The big interview today is with the legendary PJ Tandega Powers. Um, We've been talking to her since uh, just after the news at 2. There's a voice note. Here's one of your fans, PJ. Let's hear what they have to say. Good afternoon, KG and uh, PJ Powers there, Rato Umabula in Lepalale. Um, I'm a terrible singer. <laughs> Two songs actually stand out for me um, from her collection, and that is um, Ozani. Uh, the song goes like, Ozani Nani, Ozani, Ozani. And then there's the other one, there is an answer. You know, I love these two songs by my heart. I don't have a question for her, but if she could share with us what actually uh, motivated these two songs, because they really speak to me, uh, the inner person in me. Thank you. Ah, that's beautiful. You heard that. Yes, I did. And he doesn't sing so badly at all. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> what inspired those songs? which is exactly what uh, what Africa does. Um, mm. is when we come together and we sing, we make magic. Mm. And that's what, you know, that's what that song was about. And There Is An Answer was written, I was unfortunately privy to the first woman with the UDF t-shirt that got necklaced mm. in the country. Mm. And I remember going home and writing There Is An Answer because you know, I think that people wrote, there were people that wrote angry songs, there were people that wrote, which is understandable, but I wanted to write a song because our country was so entrenched in violence at that time. And I, I needed, because I think that when you lose hope, you've lost everything. And I wanted to write a song of hope. When and you, that's what I did. When you write music, do you intentionally write music that uh, is timeless? Because um, the music you wrote, I mean, I'm thinking of World in Union in my mind now. And the only reason I'm thinking of World in Union is because of the World Cup that we just won not so long ago. And how that yes. message uh, that you did for the then World Cup uh, remains relevant for the same World Cup that we, the Rugby World Cup that we won now. Do you intend when you put pen to paper down as a songwriter for your music to always be relevant in terms of its messaging? The answer to that is I would love, first of all, I would love to lay claim to having written World in Union. Mm. But World in Union is an old, old, old piece of music. It was a hymn. Mm. It was actually, in fact, written. It was actually um, sung at Princess Diana's funeral. And it was, I vow to be my country. That, that, and somebody adapted it and put those lyrics to it. And that is sung at every Rugby World Cup every four years. Mm. But it just happens that my version seems to have hit the bullseye, myself and Ladies of Black Mambazo. Um, with regards to do I 
do I do I write timeless music and is that intentional? Yes. I don't want to be a one-hit wonder. I don't want my music to only have relevance. You know, I've got some seven, eight-year-old young children that come up to me and they say, we love your song, Jabaloni. We love your song, Feel So Strong. We love your song, Home to Africa. And that makes me proud because it means that, and, and, and that's what's given me the longevity. So, no, I don't want to write music that is just for a particular genre for a particular amount of time and in 10 years time people say what 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 was that song again i i want to um write music that will leave an a footprint um way long after i've gone wow so, you know, what dreams are you dreaming? I asked earlier, what dreams are you dreaming? Outside of the pajama line and the EP that's coming out, what dreams are you dreaming for yourself? Well, I think my biggest dream, probably, well, not my biggest, but my, my dreams for myself, you know, we, 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 our, our dreams, as you were talking about, in terms of evolving, mm. you know, my dreams are to have the, the great health that I have mm. and to retain and, and r- remain this healthy. You know, um, I have been sober for 10 years. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, I, I, I am in such good health. Um, so my dream is that continue. My dream is that my family stays close to me. Um, spiritually, I, wa- I want to always... I want to always evolve. I want to be kinder. Uh, I want to care more. I want from from that point of view. I don't think we can ever. Um, there's no finish line on that level. On a, from a career point of view, um, I would like my uh, my dream is that my PJs PJs becomes a global <laughs> brand. That yeah, PJs yeah, um, that I can do a lot of good with them because we'll be t- tying up, you know, and doing. Sort of every for every pair of pajamas that is sold as pair of slippers will go into hospitals in Africa, mm. um, and that of course will you know in terms of of of, of uh, uh, disease and and the spreading of disease that people are not walking barefoot in hospitals. Um, I want to um, bring out a stationary range. Um, I'm hoping that the public will react to my new music. Um, with the same love and care that they always have. Mm. Um, and I think I want to have on my tombstone, I always people always think of that, that I didn't let people feel forgotten. You didn't because let I people feel forgotten. Feel forgotten. Wow. You know, um, I, I, I wasn't part of the people. I'm not part of that group of people mm. that allowed people to feel forgotten because... When I think of it, I think that that must be the worst feeling. And that, I think, is a huge issue mm. in our country, mm. is that people have started to feel forgotten. Wow. Here I am, uh, the book that you wrote uh, with Mary and Tam. Um, is, mm-hmm. that, is that still on, on, on shelves? And how did it do for you? It did very well. Mm. Um, it did very well, as books do in, in, in South Africa. Mm. Um, but it, it was it was certainly on the bestsellers list, mm-hmm. and I urge the public if anyone wants to read Here I Am, and it's a timeless book because it doesn't it it talks about it's not just about me, and it doesn't. I will be doing another book because it ends, mm. um, but the book actually ends uh, when I sober up, so I've got ten years of of, of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
Uh, you know, it, it's available on, at all major bookshops, stores. It's still in print. We're on our third print run, and um, if it's not there, they can order it. So um, that's me asking the people to go and order it. <laughs> Fantastic. Listen, it's been a privilege for me to talk to you. And the next time I see you at Cedar Square, I'm coming to get a hug from you. In fact, I'm just going oh, to I'm demand it. I'm at Cedar Square it. often, so please do. <laughs> Don't dare walk past me, Don't dare. Listen, all please the... Please let everybody be in contact with me. On my Instagram is the PJ Powers. Mm-hmm. My, um, and my Facebook is uh, 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 PJ Powers slash Tandega. And Twitter is just PJ Powers one. I'm not sure who zero is, but I'm one. Fantastic. <laughs> Listen, all the best. Um, you know, may your star keep rising and rising and rising. And may your light touch every part of the world. And may those PJs be worn by everybody because they will be ha- ha- giving voice uh, to others. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, KG. And don't forget to say hello the next time you see me. Lots of love to everyone. And thank you, South Africa, for everything. Wow, that's incredible. Thank you so much uh, to the legendary PJ Powers. Uh, Get her on her socials and her book is still available in stores. It's called Here I Am. It's 2.51. We will also play some uh, PJ Powers music. Uh, We've got some music lined up. And don't forget, uh, Mas Chabam Dolo is also going to be here between 3 and 6 in the afternoon with the focal point. It's now 2.51.